In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 48. I can't quit you. I can't. Just can't do it, Erin. I've been asked to and I won't. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it sounds like it could be about our relationship where I just I can't, can't quit. quit you. But there's nothing wrong with our there's relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with our picks there either. There sure isn't. We just can't stop. Loving them. No, we can't. And that's it. It's just eternal love. It is. Everlasting love. It's just books that we come back to again, again and, and again. again and again. Yeah. It Obviously, in that thought process, then, we're talking about things that we've read more than once that yes. you and I have gone back to. Yeah. So is that normal reading practice for you or like normal viewing practice, like movies, TV shows, books? Do you go back and do those things over and over again? You know, it's changed over time because yeah. when I was younger and I had all the time in the world... <laughs> I'd watch Star Wars four times in a day or whatever it was, enough that I memorize it now. Yeah. I would just watch things over and over, read things over and over. But now, at the advanced age of 42, (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. You know what starts happening in my head is I'm calculating. Like, well, it's going to take that many hours. And those are hours that I could give to something else. It's a real weird, like, calculation almost to thinking to, well, I only have so many hours left in my life. So I got to, you know. I'm not going to do it. Yes. So it's very rare that you go back and like reread something again. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. But you know, lately, I think we were talking about this earlier, I find myself rewatching some things just out of pure comfort. Yeah. I'm in that headspace where I just like, it's winter. The world sucks. Mm-hmm. I just want to rewatch stand-up comedy over yes. and over again. Yes. Yeah. But I seem to go to things that I don't need a lot of investment. 
You know, it's yes. not like I'm trying to figure it out or it was no. too deep and I'm trying to go back to it. It's not that. It's more, yeah, like you said, a comfort. Like, oh, that was so funny. I just, or like I know what's coming. So yes. I don't have to like, oh, yeah, I don't have to either figure out what's going on or worry about what's going on because mm-hmm. I get that invested. Mm-hmm. And I just like, oh, I know what's Sorry. happening. This is the part where this happens and it's going to get better in the end. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So that's where I'm at in my life. It's an hour to hour calculation of how to spend the rest of my life. That's just a smart. That's just smart. That's a good use of math, a good use of time, and that's just smart planning. Also leads to panic attacks. But other than that, you know, well, it's yeah, fun. yeah. I mean, yeah. Erin, mm-hmm. speaking of that, mm-hmm. and you know, rereading or even just reading for the first time, are there times when you don't want to read? Yes, oddly. I know that seems weird. It seems because, blasphemous, doesn't right, it? Right. But it's I'm true. So, I, there is. And there, it's two times that came to mind right away. One, when I finish a book I loved, yes. I have such a hard time finding the next read because you're just... I'm still caught up in it. I'm yep. thinking about those characters. And I'm like, there's nothing that I can do here. Mm-mm. Like, I can't move on. That's not okay. No. So you there's live that. in that yes. beautiful moment. Yeah. So I have a hard time moving on. And even sometimes just when I finish a book, even if it wasn't like my all time favorite, I still like, oh, what do I want to read next? Because you there's so many different directions you could go. And then you sort of feel like you're in a genre hole or mm-hmm. something. Genre hole. Genre hole. Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. It sounds like another podcast or something. <laughs> Oh, is that the one that Mona Wad's going to do and blow us out of the water? Why did you give her that title? (laughs) Okay, well, if she takes it, I need credit because clearly I just came up with it. We watched it happen. Good Lord. She's going to be so great and have a great title. That's so frustrating. You're still so scared about that. I am so scared. Have you heard her talk about books? I mean, no one should ever talk about books again. They should only allow her to do it. It's true. And if she doesn't like your book, go back and try harder. God, seriously, just start over. (laughs) Just start over. Your life is off track. But genre yeah. hole coming genre to you hole. soon from yes. Mono Wad. Yeah, yeah, M- maybe <laughs> if Aaron allows her yeah, the copyright. Well, well, we're in you know mediation on that <laughs> arbitration. Are you generally just now trying to discourage her from the world of yes, podcasting? Yes. Like sending you have her too like, much. Look, you don't look have how time. hard this is. You need yeah. to be writing. Yes, I love your writing yes. too much. Keep writing. Mm-hmm. 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 So like passive aggressive encouragement. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. just sending her at. notes about like, oh man, keep writing. Yeah, don't don't. Put your Don't face even think next of another to idea. A microphone. Whatever yeah. you do. <laughs> I've heard that it takes out writing cells. So just don't do that. Is that what's happening to me? Like all this time in front of the microphone, we oh. just can't write anymore? No, that's, that's it. No, it's not for you. I don't I think it is. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this whole thing has gone bad. For it's me gone in real the last bad. 30 seconds. I've yep, started to sure do has. a podcast that's going to take us down. I've ruined my podcast partner, and I'm just sort of out here. In a genre hole. In a genre hole. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other time that I would say that I can't read is when I'm just sort of overwhelmed with something. Like maybe sure. something emotional is happening for me or a, a really high anxiety time. Sometimes I just can't concentrate enough yes. to really get into a book or I find myself starting and being like, okay, no, no, I, yeah. I need to come back to this later because I want to give it the time and attention it deserves. You know, there are some people, and we've talked about this before, some people that just generally don't really like reading. And I wonder if it is they're coming to it in a moment where they're anxious or they mm-hmm. can't concentrate. And so it just doesn't seem fun to them. Right. Yeah. Which I get, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's stressful. Yeah, it is. Well, so speaking of that, because I kind of mentioned the genre whole thing, like, you know, genre whole, genre whole one, you know, and now yeah. we're just advertising for it. Now this is just, this, this is not free advertising yeah, for free this advertising non-existent podcast. podcast. God, I am the worst. Ugh. 
Uh, do you ever feel like you get in ruts, like with the same music or the same food or the same books? Or do you do that? Yes. My current rut is chocolate donuts. Just <laughs> did not see that coming. Okay. What kind of chocolate donuts? I don't even know. Just, you know, just any, any kind, any kind, kind of chocolate yeah. donuts. No, I mean, I'm looking for vegan ones, obviously. Okay. And at Whole Foods, they now sell packages of them. Oh. Again, they're real expensive. They're like yeah. 10 bucks for this package of six, right? What? So only every once in a while do I be like, okay, you know what? This is what's happening. And then when I get that, I'm in a rut for a good like day or two of just eating those damn All the donuts. donuts. Oh. Yes. Wow. I think they're made more attractive by the fact that I don't allow myself them all the time because they're fucking expensive. Yeah. So yes. then you like, I do that too, or then you want to yes. have it all the wanna time. want to have it more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, chocolate donuts, big acai bowl, <sighs> always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're always in that. But I don't think it's a rut. I think it's a pattern that we choose. No, it's part of our, it's part of our process. It is part of our process. This podcast. Yeah. Because most of the time we have big acai bowl before we do this. We nourish ourselves, yes. body and soul. Protein and delicious <laughs> acai berry and sometimes cacao drizzle. All the things. All the things. And we have that. Yes. And that's part of our process. You're it right. Is. You're it absolutely right. I wouldn't be as good or on par if I God, you know, Can you imagine if we it. tried somewhere else mm-hmm. and it was subpar and that podcast episode would be terrible. Do you, do you not remember when this happened? We, we went go? to Acai Bowl and it didn't work out. We went oh to another place. Oh my God, that's place right. And it was fine. It was fine. But we felt off the whole day. We did. We didn't feel... I mean, we should have just rescheduled the podcast yeah. recording. I, I'm sure... I can't remember which episode it was. I'm sure it was excellent, as it, always. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't up to our standards. No, we could feel that there was something yes. missing in our voice. And, and it, it was the lack acai of berry. acai in our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. It was. <laughs> What about you? What ruts are you in right now? Because I know you get in ruts. I do. I do. I have a super addictive personality, which Mm -hmm. is good that I've never become super enthralled with drugs. Yeah, 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 because I could. I mean, I do. I get one thing. I mean, I will listen to the same song over and over and over until Mm -hmm. I know it by, you know, like I could sing it myself. Um, But I I will second the big acai bowl Mm -hmm. thing. Oddly enough, I'm in a real strong lemon lemon poppy seed muffin (laughs) rut right now. Okay, okay. In all that's about as random as the you know when I said chocolate donut and the look on your face was like trying to compute, not quite making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's one that I was in in a rut of, and I get in a rut where if I have like a really good meal somewhere, then I want to go there all the time for sure. Like I think about oh, I'll just have that again tomorrow and again tomorrow and again. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I do that really bad. So the only area that I would say that I don't get in ruts in is with books. I don't Mm. generally go back and read the same book over and over again. I usually have to force myself out. But everywhere else, I could listen to the same song 20 times in a row in the car. Do you have a song right now that you're listening to over and over? (gasps) Um, Cher? Yeah. (laughs) There was like a Just Like Jesse James song. Oh, wow. But that wasn't Mm -hmm. just that one song over and over. But yes, when I Mm -hmm. first discovered Lizzo, I listened to her on repeat for... I'm going to say it was months at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just only her songs mm-hmm. till I felt like I was one with the music. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like one with Lizzo. No, I don't want to go that far. I know that she's out of my reach. <laughs> well, you can always dream. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know what? I would do the same thing, but somehow... Almost with the weird rules that we set up for ourselves. Yeah. I'll listen to a piece of music or like a song or something. And I'm like, I love it, but I can't listen to it again today. Then I'll play it again tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I love it. I can't do it again. 
somehow like you're setting a rule for yourself or you just don't want to listen to it no in my head i'm like i can't listen to this too much or i'm gonna get sick of it and i don't want to get sick of it because there's some moment Mm -hmm. with everything where suddenly everything turns and i don't want that song anymore okay i'm afraid of that because i don't understand it so I don't wow. let myself listen to things on repeat. There's some pathology There's here. Some we real need to weird psychology. Explore. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it, but that's oh. where I'm at. Wow. Otherwise, I would listen. Right now, I'm listening to Angel Olsen mm. over and over. I'm breaking my own rule, and then every once in a while, I get afraid. Mm. Like, I don't want to hate Angel Olsen. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to say to you, Aaron. Wow. I don't know what's is, happening here. This feels like but we're in. We're like. <laughs> I feel like we're on a. Random boat off the Titanic, and we're just hoping we can stay on. Like this took a dark turn. Like we're just in the middle of the ocean. It's you and I. Real weird. You were getting a vibe of like Titanic ocean. I was getting a vibe of like calling a a psychotherapist hotline on like a radio show. Wow. I don't ever think that's advice. I don't think so either. No, No. I don't know where I went, how I went there. If you ever have that feeling, just call me. Do not do that. (laughs) That's going to end so bad. What about a psychic? Could I call a psychic? Well, you better listen to the Swindle podcast episode about psychics before you do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can't say I've ever, I've never talked to a psychic, so I have no idea. No. Uh Uh-uh. But I'm kind of curious. I am too. There is a Maybe person. they would be able to tell me why I can't listen to the same song over and over again for fear of ruining it. Maybe they'd be able to give you the date when you're not going to like it anymore Ooh. so that then you could retro, like you could go back and listen to it as much as you want because you know on this date it'll be over. Wow. You don't have to live in fear of the date. You know the date. Maybe the psychic could also tell me why I'm terrified of games. <laughs> That I feel like is way too deep rooted. I don't think that a psychic is even really going to be able to unpack that. I think you're right. I think, I think it's, they're going to be like, listen, you've hidden that too well. Whatever trauma, yeah, whatever in there, is happening you have there, it down yeah. Deep. Maybe they could tell you like when you'll play your next game so you could avoid it. Ooh. Like if you go to this outing, there's going to be games. <gasps> now that I would pay a psychic for. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, just warn me mm-hmm. when there's going to be a game. Just so I can know. avoid it, mm-hmm. and I won't show up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good plan. Wow. Psychics should really um, advertise themselves in that way. Yes. Because then I'd be all in. Yes. I'd have like a monthly expense item in my budget for psychic career. Psychic career. <laughs> I think it's better spent on chocolate donuts. <laughs> You're right. I'll spend that $10 on chocolate donuts. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't. I mean, you know, another thing that I get in ruts with, and this is your fault. Oh. Yeah. I never did this pre oh. my knowing Amy time. you? Yeah. I okay. Mean, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, sure. This, yeah. Is I get in ruts where I watch the same Saturday Night Live clip oh over and over. Yes, because that I will. You send me hilarious ones yes. that I've never seen before, like mm-hmm. buried ones or ones that were only released on the internet or whatever. That you have an incredible knack for finding, and then I watch them <laughs> so many times, and I laughed myself for hours. I'm not going to say that's negative. No, I'm going to say no. that's enriched your life. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. But I never would have gotten there without it. Never would have occurred to me. Yeah, random videos being sent to you yeah. at all times. It's like one of the only things that I rewatch over and over. <sighs> yeah, I'm so happy that I've been able to provide that to you. A lot of Ryan Gosling it. and Adam Driver yes. sketches. Yes, yeah. there's also been some other Lizzo, classics. ADB. Yes, yeah. so many good ones. You've also sent some stuff from Seth Meyers that I would have missed oh, otherwise. God. I love Seth Meyers. Yeah. He's pretty great. He's not a rut. He's my he's my long term partner. He he's just doesn't know it. Yeah, he's your comfort place. Mm-hmm. Not a rut. Yes. Yeah, a rut indicates it's bad. Exactly. Yeah, but that's also like kind of hammock like... that I fell into. <laughs> that's cupping me. That you know I might have trouble getting out of, 
<laughs> so it's not like a ditch by the side of the road. No, it's, it's like hammock. a hammock. It was yeah. easy to get into, harder to get out of. Sure. But it's also very comforting, so I'm not sure I need to get up. Yeah. Wow. That we should really change the language mm-hmm. so it's no longer rut, but I'm in a hammock. I'm in a hammock of SNL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hammock of Seth Meyers. I can't quit you, hammock. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> what if that was the title? People would be like, well, what? <laughs> what the hell? What? I can't quit you, hammock. What yeah. are you talking about? It's a good thing we decide our titles before we yeah. record the episode. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd come up with a real weird. It'd be I mean, bad. You know, Great can, for us. Yeah. But other people would be like, like why what? do I I don't want to get in there. The, all books about hammocks? about hammocks? There's enough books about <laughs> hammocks? They made a whole episode? Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. Well, yeah. right. you know, moving on. Maybe maybe some uh, some picks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one has no hammocks whatsoever. Okay. I'll just be honest there. Well, that's good. So we are talking about books that we return to mm-hmm. again and again, right? Mm-hmm. And my fiction pick is called The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret. <laughs> Atwood. I thought you were going to say the hammock. <laughs> I was like, wow, she committed to this joke. <laughs> Margaret Atwood wrote about hammocks. The hammocks jail. <laughs> it almost sounds like how, you know how there's a porn parody for everything. No, it sounds like it's hammock porn, like the hammock's tail. Like banana hammock's tail. <laughs> Oh, dear God. I hope Margaret Atwood never listens to this because, you know. We love you. We love you. Despite our banana Can we back out? We'll let you explain why you love it. I think I'll start the chapter after that. Okay, after the banana. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, let's refer. Let's return to the real book, which is called The Handmaid's Tale. Not a light tale of laying in a hammock. This one's dark. i tried so hard to get it back. I've tried so hard. There's not a hammock in sight. <laughs> no relaxation book. here. None at all. It's Very rigid seating and laying a rage. I don't know. Anyway, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Yes. <laughs> from 1985. So let me tell you about junior high me. Oh. Um, so we sometimes took road trips in Iowa to Waterloo to Ooh. see my great grandma Thelma. And great grandma Thelma, by the way, wore slacks. And blouses and open toe heels with pantyhose on under them. And she wore big, thick glasses. Just all the time. All the time. Okay. Okay. All the time. And she would have a cigarette in her hands. Mm -hmm. And she would use those two fingers holding the cigarette to point at where us children needed to work in the garden. Because we were just straight up child labor every time we went to grandma. Oh, my God. Okay. So you had your own handsmaid tale situation? I, I don't know. I don't know why I had to reveal that. I just wanted to paint a picture. Yeah, I, of it's where there. we were I am going. There. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we went to visit mm-hmm. Great Grandma Thelma okay. many times. Mm-hmm. And it took about an hour and a half, two hours of driving through rural roads mm-hmm. in Iowa. And we would stop at gas stations, as you do. And the gas stations there would have like twirling displays of mass market paperbacks, right? Every once in a while, my mom would get me one, probably just to shut me up or to something. I don't know. Uh I got a lot of Dean Koontz there. Okay. And I also got this book right here. This tiny little book that I'm holding up the actual copy. I had never seen it in a trade paperback form. Mm -hmm. Or mass market. Excuse me. Or mass market. Yeah. And then I looked at the back. I think the price was $5.95. So a little cheaper. Wow. But not that much more cheaper. It's so... Yeah, we're missing out on the visual component here, but 
Aaron wow. is looking at the actual book that I bought. The pages are all straight up, just brownish yellow. It smells. <sighs> smell it, Aaron. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. It's got that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But also... It's glorious. Also, good on you, because it doesn't even look like you read this. If I if I did this, it would be so cracked and terrible. I told you, I have a real hard time. And this is why your way is better, because look at how it stood the test of time. But also, I will admit that after a while, when I became an adult, I bought a separate copy for rereading so I could keep this copy a little more pristine. Well, that's just sentimental. So that makes sense. So yeah. I have two copies of this. I, One, which is like the regular, regular you know, paperback. Like, trad, yeah, trade paperback yeah. size, yeah. Anyway, aside from the actual book, I, I found this when I was like 12 or so, Ooh. and I read it then, and then I read it again a few years later, and then again a few years later. And ever since then, every few years, I read this book, and every single time I get something different because I'm aging, and I'm oh, going sure. through different yeah. parts of my life, and I'm realizing how politics affects us. and. Every single time I get something different, and I love it. Um, And in the past few years, it's been everywhere. There's a show on Hulu that so many people love. I have been terrified and I've never watched it because I love this book so much. Mm -hmm. There was even a sequel last year, and I was a little afraid at first, but then I dove in. Glorious. Loved it. For me, it comes down to this book and that ongoing relationship with it. This is the only one, really, where I read it every few years, you know. Um, I even have the last line of it tattooed on my back because when I knew I wanted to get a tattoo, I wanted to get something that I knew I would never stop loving. Perfect. Boom. The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. So if you don't know the story, very briefly, it's set in a future in which fundamentalist Christians have taken over the government, mm-hmm. disenfranchised women and minorities, and made women of childbearing potential into slaves. So real light reading mm-hmm. yep. while you're on a hammock, say. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a kid, you know, I was pulled in just by the general dystopian idea of it. I love those kind of stories that just made up worlds and looked like completely different from the world that we knew. Mm-hmm. That was what I thought as a kid. Right. I didn't get all the sexual politics. I didn't get that this was all pulled. Every single thing in this book was pulled from actual things that have happened in the past from governments controlled by a religious majority. But with each reading, more and more the book revealed itself to me, and it became more and more relevant as I understood the world and our place in it. As our politics have changed, it became more and more relevant. Um, Just the idea of, you know, religion sort of hijacking our way of life. Yeah. So there's that. And more than anything, this book and Margaret Atwood really made me want to be a writer. Like after reading this is when I started writing really terrible stories and everything and just really going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned the sequel. Um, I put it off afraid to read it, but I loved it. So I highly recommend that as well. Wow. Um, and if you haven't had the pleasure, read it. Read both of these. Get your own copy. You can't touch my 1989 copy. No, 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 no. no. But that's it. That's wow. my book that I returned I to again. Said, again. Yeah, that does not surprise me that now that I think about it, that that would be your pick for this episode. I've been trying to figure out, like, when do I, you know, mention this book? Yeah, because it's when, very, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it. I think you waited. I've never. Time. I've read it many times. I've never read it in a hammock. Hashtag life goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I the book that I picked for books that we keep coming back to for fiction is called The Stranger Me by Albert Camus. Wow. Yeah, and the, I picked this for a very specific reason. Okay, and. Be- because like you, I don't often reread things mm-hmm. um, outside of, you know, my uh, 
university career, like when you were, you know, had to dissect it more and more. I just don't usually for the same reason. There's just so much stuff I want to get to. So something has to very speak to me on a very deep level for me to keep coming back to it. And there are a few things. And this is one. And this is partially because like you, I'm going to set the scene. Um, When I was in high school, and I started AP English junior year. And I remember prior to that, I loved books. I loved reading. I was about it. But I was, you know, I read because it was a form of entertainment. I yeah. read because it was something I connected to. But I hadn't really understood the process of writing or mm-hmm. the form of writing or the idea that you're saying something, that the writing's more than just a story. Maybe there's something else going on that you can get more from. And I remember in AP English junior year, that that was one of the first times I started to realize how deep texture can be and uh, full of texture a uh, text can yeah. be, how nuanced it can be, how much more you can get out of it than just the plot. And so then senior year, we read this. And I remember having just this really like visceral reaction to it and just being hooked. And I read it twice before we even had to for school. Wow. And then afterwards, I read it again that summer. And then quite a few times over my life, I've gone back and read it again. And I, I don't even know particularly totally how to describe why, because it's an odd book. It was published in 1946. Um, he eventually went on to win the Nobel Prize for Literature. But the plot is is very simple. It's like a young Algerian man that we're following seems to be sort of aimless and pointless in his life. And he randomly ends up killing someone and he gets caught. He goes on trial. And during the trial, there's this weird feeling of, you know, as the reader, he did it. And you know that there should probably be punishment for that. But the trial becomes about him as a character and not about what he did. So it becomes about the fact that after his mother died, he didn't have the right reaction. Or he went to a movie after his mother's funeral, a, a comedy. And so that gets brought up to the jury. And the reader is kind of watching this going, oh, my gosh, like they're going to put this guy in jail just because he's they don't he think he's a good person. Yeah. 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 And so you almost start to have that weird mental thing where you feel bad for me. Like, no, that's not right. Then you forget that. Well, then he I mean, has in fact killed this yeah, person. He yeah. He should probably just go to jail for murder. But, mm-hmm. um, so as you're going through that, you're sort of having this out of body experience of realizing that the way that everybody views things is so differently. And I remember that after I read it and I went to class and we had the class discussion and that was the first time sounds dumb, but you know, you're young that I realized, oh my gosh, everybody processes stuff so differently. Yeah. Like everybody in class took different parts of it differently. Like really, some people were dead on with the jury. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. He didn't like, obviously he's a bad person because of this, like they were ready to throw it. And other people were like, well, you can't put him on trial for that. So I remember having that feeling of like, wow. Okay. So he, just by writing this, he evoked all of this emotion. And so, so many times in my life then I've gone back and read it and gotten like, depending on where Mm -hmm. I am or my feelings at that time, I get something different out of it. Um, And I think no matter when you read it, it always seems to line up with something that's going on in society. You know, the idea of alienation or spiritual doubt. um, What is the actual purpose of life? I mean, there's a bigger existential question for sure in this book, um, which is something that kind of always fascinates me anyway. So and I really don't have a good explanation. It's very short, but I have returned to it multiple times. And That's every so time cool. I get some sort of different feeling from it. Yeah. But I'm also f- pushed back to having that like lightning rod feeling of what 
reading and books and writing can really mean and how important it is for the furthering of ideas and for society to have depth and be able to learn from its mistakes, learn from history, that writing is really the only way that that's going to happen. And so I, that it's just a reminder of that. And I love it. I love that. Yeah. That it's specifically tied to that realization that, you know, critical thinking is like how we can, yeah, relate to each other. Wow. And like you, I have multiple copies Mm -hmm. and one that I read and one that I don't touch. Exactly. And I love finding old used copies of it because, you know, 1946. So there's been tons of editions of it. And I love like if you're in an old or like a used bookstore and you find one, I'd love it. I have to buy it every time because that's such a good idea. Yeah. Like finding, yeah, multiple copies. Mm -hmm. You know, that reminds me, um, I watched this movie recently called About Time, and it's got Donald Gleason mm. and Bill Nye as his dad. And at the very beginning, you learn that the men of this family have the ability to travel back in time. Oh, great movie! It's mostly like a romantic comedy with this time travel mm. element. But the dad says at one point, uh, "You know, what do you think you're going to use it for?" And the kid says, "Whatever." And the dad says, "Oh, well, I used it to read. I've read everything." I've gone back in time and used that extra time to like read this book and read this book and read Dickens like five times. I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly why you would use time travel to just be able to read everything. Yes. That's what I always think about freezing time. Yes. Like if I had the ability to freeze time, like every time I picked up a book, I'd just stop time, oh my God. read it beginning to end, and then we can start up where I left off in the day. Just oh, boom. That'd be amazing. Right? So many people want to time travel to change history. No, no. I just want more time. No, Exactly. That's glorious. I want to read all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Who can we talk to about this like freezing time thing? Do we know any scientists? We don't know any scientists. I don't. No. no. Um, mm. Yeah. We're going to have mm. to work on that. Jeff Bezos. Do you think he's working on that? Oh, God, probably. Probably. Shit. We're so behind the eight ball. That's all right. Because you're going to take him down. That's so you'll find out all the yeah. secrets. It's getting harder and harder. It's scaring me more and more. <laughs> it's a new idea every day for world domination. <laughs> <sighs> Not sure he's stopping to smell no, the roses. No, I don't think so. I don't think uh, he's stopping time to read books. No, I don't think Even so. Even though he sells them, he has no desire to... No, I yeah, don't He don't so. care about books. So, no. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's stop talking about yeah, that. Let's, yeah, let's stop about that. Well, that, okay. that's... I love that story. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, so thinking about other genre books, I realized... When it comes to like nonfiction, I don't reread a lot of the same like nonfiction books Mm -hmm. or graphic novels I do, but I've already mentioned some of those in previous episodes. Right. So I started thinking about other things that I reread and I came up with my Entertainment Weekly subscription because I have kept, I've been a subscriber since the late 1990s. Yeah. And I have kept copies of like their year end entertainers lists and their like reunion specials. So I like every once in a while to like <gasps> read the best of 1998 with Entertainer of the Year Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Or the best of 1999, Ricky Martin, the Entertainer of like what? I forgot about Ricky Martin. Yeah. Wow. So I have kept over that time of my subscription. Uh, you know, every year they do like a year end sort of special. They do reunion specials where they bring together people from old movies or shows and you get to see photographs and they talk about like recently there was a my best friend's wedding reunion. Oh, with Julia gosh. Roberts, yeah. Dermot Mulroney. So I like to keep those. And so over time, it's been a fun exercise to go back and like, yeah, this was what was popular in 1998. And this was what was popular in 1999. And increasingly, as we get further and further away, it also makes me realize I'm older so there's that double-edged sword but it's super fun and i do want to just recommend entertainment weekly because the range of writers they've had over the years 
um, people that, you know, interview and write articles about movies and about different entertainers, they've had some really wonderful writers, including Gillian, Gillian Flynn, mm. who wrote The Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. The Gone Girl. Wrote Gone Girl. No the. There's no the. That's all right. I was okay with the the. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we knew what you were getting at. I also really like Entertainment Weekly because they've been very blatant in their love for the LGBT community and in representation of all kinds of people in entertainment. So routinely, you will see issues completely dedicated to women-made movies, women-made, you know, or women entertainers, you know, mm-hmm. things that are highlighting what maybe the industry as a gen- as general is not. Um, recently, they've moved to a monthly print magazine instead of weekly. Mm. But that's okay, because if you follow them on Instagram, they do middle of the month, like digital issues with new oh. covers and different interviews. So like recently, they did a mid-December issue with Penn Badgley from you. Mm. And they did a whole article that you can see online. So you don't get the print issue, but you get this online issue too. That's cool. I have schlepped these through dozens of apartments and many cities, and I treasure them. And I love coming back to them again and again. And you know what? I love that as an other genre pick because it's not an area that we talk about a lot. And I think it's an area that people don't realize that there are actually some magazines out there that have some of the best writing. I mean, even more. And a lot of authors that you end up loving got their start as journalists or writing for Entertainment Weekly. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned Vanity Fair. I mean, there's so many of them that the articles are amazing. They're wonderful. And... Entertainment Weekly loves books, and they routinely dedicate space to books, which maybe some other entertainment magazines don't as Mm -hmm. much. So it's a really – when they were releasing on a weekly basis, I would look so forward to every Friday or Saturday when it came in the mail and just, you know, dedicating some time. And, yeah. Very cool. So I love it. And, yeah, you had mentioned Vanity Fair, like, in pop culture, but it could also work in this genre. Yes. I love it as a genre idea. No, because it's it's really long-form essays. I mean, it's a whole bunch of different interviews and essays that you're reading. Mm -hmm. And instead of just picking one, you gave it all to us. What a gift. What a gift. I did. And if you want to see the 1998 issue with Leonardo DiCaprio as a fresh-faced, prepubescent boy, I'll take a picture of it. Yeah. And, you know, we can post it. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to offer people to see it. And I was like, oh, you're going to no, let no, people no. put their mitts on it? Good Lord, no. No. This will be a digital experience. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's more what I thought. Okay. That's better. Although the Ricky Martin one, you could probably have. I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just went in my head to a song and I'm not sure it's his, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. But, yeah. Could you read uh, Entertainment Weekly in a hammock? You sure could, Aaron. <laughs> You could read it in a hammock, in a lawn chair, in a pool. In a box with a fox. <laughs> or a mouse in a house. You could read it in a cat bed. In the a rain on a train. <laughs> you can read it anywhere you damn well please. See? Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, for my uh, other genre pick, nonfiction, I had the same experience yeah. where I'm like, I don't reread a lot of stuff, especially in that category. But... I picked one that mirrors what I said in the first one that I can remember having a really deep, strong reaction to. And there's two essayists that that 
that I've had that with. David Sedaris is one. I've talked about him a lot. Mm -hmm. So this one is uh, the book called Small Wonder by Barbara Kingsolver. Mm. And it was published in 2003. And I first encountered the collection because somebody just gave me a copy of the essay that's in there called Small Wonder. It's a book of essays that she wrote. Um, And I read that essay and then I read it again and then I read it again. I mean, I remember reading it multiple times the first time I got the essay because I kept thinking, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And I think because... I got it. I don't want to say that I didn't understand the essay form, but a little bit because I was coming out of, you know, college experience where you're reading a lot of critical essays Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, I would say academic essays are published for that purpose. And this one was just like, hey, I'm pointing something out and I'm telling this great story and I'm writing it kind of like a story and but it's nonfiction. And I was hooked and I read that whole book. I loved it. Um, the the essay Small Wonder is about this um, story of a, a town where they found out that this um, child that had wandered off had, had been nurtured by a mama bear and was alive. Like she took it in like a bear cub and was feeding it like and everything. Story. Mm-hmm. This was, oh my yeah. God. And the way that she ties it together and the end of it, I mean, I, I cried the first time I read it. That's how powerful it is. And the whole essay connect, Uh, collection really focuses on how interconnected we are, even when we want to spend a lot of time emphasizing how different we are, but how there's actual base things that are the same for all of us, the same, you know, trigger points. Um, And it's, it was like everything I could hope an essay collection to be. It's funny, it's touching, there's emotion to it. Um, But the reason that I keep coming back and back is because every time I read it, kind of like The Stranger, it seems to speak to something that's going on because at the heart, the essays are actually really persuasive. She's definitely making some comments about uh, problems for us in society, things that we're going to have to deal with or things that we're not dealing with maybe appropriately. And the way that she brings that out and makes you think about it by tying in nature or tying in other elements is really masterfully done and it made me fall in love with her from that point forward so i also think like this collection right now it would be amazing to read right now it's it's for everything that's going on it's the same idea alienation you know deciding that one group of people is better than another all the things that we deal with it seems like and we never can get right it's just another voice saying here's an idea we're all interconnected did the baby survive Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. Does the baby think it's a bear? I don't think so. Okay. I know. I don't think so. I kind of wanted it to just grow up thinking it was a bear. Yeah. No, the mama bear like nursed it and everything. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So it was very powerful. Okay. Small wonder. The book and the essay. I love that you spoke very eloquently about the bigger value of it. And I just stuck on to the bear nursing (laughs) the kid. (laughs) There's a bigger message, but like, back yep. to the bear. Like, no, nope, she's bear not talking about the bear. To? Where's the bear? No, nope, that's all right. I understand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I reread it multiple times for that reason, too. It was wow. just gut punch. Even podcasts wondering about yeah, the bear. She's like, what? She's just been meowing. I think podcasts hoping to attract her own little human that she can <laughs> turn into a protege. She's like, is there a baby wandering around I could keep? <laughs> oh, God. It'd have to be like a real tiny, like she doesn't want a real human baby because, mm-hmm. you know, those are loud and like. Oddly enough, that made me think of a book that Mason's obsessed with. Oh. And 
they're the Dogman series, but they also have a cat kid series. Oh my! And this cat's dad is like an evil cat, and he makes all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> and but he, so he's constantly trying to make his child grow up and to be an evil cat, but he resists because he's just such a nice cat. Wow! And that just reminds me of what podcast would do, like try and like listen. This is how we murder people. Yeah, and the baby would be like, no. No, not today. I'm wondering if Podcat's parents were both homicidal. And she was like, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, and I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight against it. I'm going to keep going on this homicide mm-hmm. path, on yeah. this I yeah. hate humans path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either that oh. or her parents <laughs> were like kitty homicide detectives. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I know all the ways to get away with it now. I've got a dark side no one knows about. Were your parents kitty homicide? That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. she even agreed. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like how close I'm getting she to the truth. No, and that's why she's come back into the room. Mm-hmm. She's keeping an eye on you. Yeah, she's like, stop it right now. <laughs> she's like, don't reveal my family mm-hmm. truths. Yeah, I did not give you permission to discuss my origin story. But that makes sense. She learned, mm-hmm. you know, what, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the signs. And she turned bad because they, they both were taken out tragically by their job. Yes. And so she was like, oh, I will use these feelings for wow. murder. So it's like a superhero story almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's at least how she thinks of herself yeah. as a yeah. super cat. Yeah. Well, I saw her knit in that cape, so I figured. <laughs> <laughs> just over in her heated cat bed <laughs> with her knitting needles. I'm just kidding. Podcat would never knit a ape. She'd make no, you do it. She would. <laughs> She would. You're right. Because Podcat now has two heated cat beds. Yep. And Podcat also now has food on two levels of the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Podcat has numerous glasses of water throughout the house. Mm -hmm. Podcat also likes to keep me on my toes, where one day the food she likes is great. The next day she's like, what is this shit? Yeah. I don't want like, anything. This to is do with inedible. This. Mm-hmm. Why would you try and poison me with this? Mm-hmm. I think I'm. I'm just scared of her. There's a little bit of emotional <laughs> abuse happening, but you seem to get a lot out of it. So <laughs> I don't know if I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Enough about my. This is one my of my ongoing need trauma yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> walking on eggshells throughout my house yeah like, right because of the cat because of the cat mm-hmm. on a happier note oh yeah yeah um you know pop culture wise mm-hmm. i was thinking about movies and the i think i've mentioned a lot of the movies already that i repeat watch mm-hmm. you know and there's not a lot of them there's a you know it's the star wars movies of course some of the key like lord of the rings movies that kind of stuff um but generally, I don't rewatch movies a lot. Um, of course, there's always Bowie. But I've talked a lot about Bowie. This is not news. Right, yeah. It's not news. No, no, it's not. So I want to talk about another band called the Decembrists. Oh. Yes. Okay. You ever heard of the Decembrists? Mm-hmm. Sure have. They're a weird hybrid type of music. They're sort of indie. They're sort of folk. They're sort of rock. They're all of it. They use instruments that don't belong in rock, like accordions, yes. violas. <laughs> Got some random old timey instruments in there. <laughs> Their songs sort of feel like old fashioned at the same time that they feel really current. Um, they write songs that kind of talk about folklore and myths and legends, but also history. And it should not work in any way, but it really does. And the sound of the songs is like 
it's influenced by like British and Irish folk music, but also like Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie and all of like the yeah. indie rock right now. Mm-hmm. Their first album came out in 2001 and there's been, they've had a number of them since. And their album Picaresque came out in 2005 and includes one song called the Mariner's Revenge Song that is an eight minute frenetic waltz about a guy getting revenge at sea. And when you see them live, they have the audience participate. We have to scream like we're being eaten by a whale. So I'm in it. I yeah, get it. I dig it. Yeah. It's wonderful. Also there on that album, there's a song about two Cold War spies. There's also a doomed Victorian romance. So all over the place. But, you know, one of my favorite sort of happy place um, albums is from 2009. It's called The Hazards of Love. And it's sort of this weird, like, rock opera type thing. And it tells the story of a woman named Margaret and her shape-shifting lover, William, who appears as a fawn, but really he's a dude. And his mom is a forest queen. And there's a rake in there who recounts with spine-chilling ease how he came to be living so easy and free by killing all of his kids. It all makes sense in a real weird way. But it sounds like the soundtrack to The Dark Dark. (laughs) It does. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, animals mutating into humans and then having sex with each other. And then there's instant babies happening. And then there's always they have to kill each other because, you know, they can't go on. Right, right. Love it. So I recommend it highly. Any of the albums are great. Try Hazards of Love. See what you think. It's super weird. It's great. It's dark. It's fantastical. It's wonderful. I love it. Wow. The Decembers. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I had the same feeling where I was like, okay, what do I go back to? Because it's the same thing that we talked about. I don't necessarily rewatch things. Comedies, obviously, we've talked about that. But I decided to go with a movie that I have watched multiple times and always will if it's on, although it's hardly ever on. Um, And it was released in 2004. And I like it because it mirrors my first pick, The Stranger. But it's called I Heart Huckabees. And it is weird and delightful. And it's just all about existentialism. You've got Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin that play detectives, but they're basically happiness detectives. Like you go to them and say, I'm not sure what the purpose of my life is. And they help you figure out what What? the purpose of your life is. Um, So one of the main characters, Jason Schwartzman, comes into them for help. He's an environmentalist that's fighting against a big corporation that's run by Jude Law, who is (laughs) whose girlfriend in the movie is Naomi. Watts. Oh. And they're trying to figure he's trying to figure out what's important in life. Is is Schwartzman's character doing what he should be doing? Also, they have another client who is Mark Wahlberg. Oh. Who's a firefighter and also struggling oh. with what to do. It sounds weird because it is. It's uh-huh. super weird, mm-hmm. but it's super hilarious. There are a lot of really wonderful moments. There's a lot of very thought provoking moments, and the whole thing is a delight. And every time it's on, if it's on TV, I watch it. Again, it's on very, very rarely. If you're going to watch it, you're probably going to have to rent it or buy it. Um, great cast. Super weird movie. Terrific writing. It's one that I have gone back to multiple times, and I've gotten something different out of it every time. And I love it. And it has one of my all-time favorite scenes in it where Mark Wahlberg decides that as a firefighter, in order to really be... <laughs> fulfilling his potential he wants to ride his bike to the fires instead of being on the fire truck there's a whole thing so he takes a radio and in this case he beats the fire truck because there's a traffic issue (laughs) 
and there's a house burning and he's standing on the front lawn with a walkie-talkie saying, I'm at the fire. Where are you guys? I'm at the fire. <laughs> and I don't know that I've ever laughed at anything harder. <laughs> it's terrific. It's weird. There's a lot of other symbolism uh-huh, going on uh-huh. there. But also, just watch it for that scene because watching Mark Wahlberg jump off a bike and scream into a walkie-talkie, <laughs> I'm at the fire. Where are you guys? Are you guys at the fire? Is amazing. Did he fit his fire uniform on the bike? He's wearing it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that adds a whole other element to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So he's pedaling along in his mm-hmm. firefighting mm-hmm. uniform. Okay. Yeah. This is right up wow. the alley, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's I can't believe I remember never... when this came out okay. and I just never I just never saw it. Do you mm-hmm. know who wrote it or directed it or anything? Oh gosh. Um I should have wrote that down too. That's okay. I can think of it, but I can't. I can see his face because if you buy the DVD collection, there's a whole separate essay or a whole separate DVD of him talking and wow. like how he came up with the ideas and all of that. And then there's another part before the movie of the cast talking about it. But um, no, I can't. He who right shall now. not be named. Yes. Yes. Oh, you're going to look it up I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, okay. Right now, I'm going to This Google is happening it. live. Yes. Oh. <laughs> this is happening live <laughs> because I did terrible live. research. <laughs> And forgot to write down the writer, which could conceivably be the most important thing. You know, who wrote it? Yeah. I mean, just just wondering. Just wondering. Mm-hmm. David O. Russell. Ah. Mm-hmm. Of like... He co-wrote the screenplay with Jeff Baina. And he did like Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. Okay, mm-hmm. great stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Okay. It's I'm going to add that to my list. It is. I haven't seen it. It's a... I love it so much. We recommend a lot of weird stuff. We do. We do. We love weird. I do love weird. And yeah. this this one, you know what? If you like the Royal Tenenbaums, this, yeah. is, this is on that level. It it's almost got sounds a lot like of Wes the Anderson. Same. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. In fact, when I first saw it, I thought it was Wes Anderson. and it's But it's not. Mm-hmm. It, but it has that. I mean, you've got Jason Schwartzman, which is a common Wes, a Anderson Wes Anderson stable. stable. But, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Damn delight. Lily Tomlin. Terrific in this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like Jason Schwartzman in everything. I know. He's very, yeah. He's very... He's exactly yeah. the character that you expect him to be in this, too. Mm-hmm. Just, like, struggling with something pretentious, kind of, because of the struggle, just annoying, and then just so frustrated because Mark Wahlberg, on the surface, shouldn't be getting it, but he's a way better student to these existential detectives than Jason oh. Schwartzman is. It's a whole thing. Happiness detective. Hmm. hmm Maybe I should call them instead of a psychic. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a combo. Like, I call mm-hmm. the psychic to find out when I have to play a game. Mm-hmm. And then I work with the happiness detective to find out what I can offer instead of games. Like, what makes me happy, but yeah. still, like... Or they could be getting at the point of, like, what is the point? If I don't want to play games, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why Why do I have to play games? Yes. Why is this And how do I get out of there without throwing a tantrum and melting inwardly they encourage tantrums do they okay yeah so you're right on (laughs) i'm gonna be great yeah they're gonna love you great 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 you are a yeah they're the you're the poster child for their agency they'd love it perfect yes yes well you got lots of picks to read lots of things to get on all time favorites things we can't quit no we can't quit none of them with none of them with a hammock the good news is you don't have to quit us you sure don't we'll be back next wednesday yeah and every wednesday after that And in the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, and check out all of the recommendations we made in this episode. Also at that website, Mm -hmm. some of our wonderful bonus material. I don't know if you've been keeping up to date, but we have been talking to some of our favorite authors, finding out what they love, what they keep returning to, what books dominate their lives. So those are all there. Mm -hmm. We got more coming. 
So much more And coming. hey, if you have a question or you want to hear about a certain story, if you've heard something that we've talked about and you're like, wait a second, there's more there, mm-hmm. let us know. We're thinking about recording a whole new bunch of bonus episodes. We're working on it. Just about us. Because why not? Because why not? You yeah. want to know more about us. Exactly. We know you do. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to those great bonuses and you think, man, I love that they asked those authors those questions. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I never thought of I Heart Huckabees. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Thank you. You know what we need from you? We need a review. Sure do. It's not easy if you're not on Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No, we're it. not going to do it. You're going to have to go to a separate website mm-hmm. called Podchaser. Yeah. Do it. Because yeah. you're going to find awesome stuff there anyway that you're going to love. Yes. Obviously, you're already a podcast fan. Yeah. Find some more that you like on there. You can also find our recommendations on there. Yes. And you can follow other creators yes. and all sorts of stuff. It's amazing. So go there. Write a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, I don't know why you haven't done it yet because it's so easy. <laughs> Literally just scroll over the title and hit a star. I mean, it's, I don't want to say that it's disappointing, but it's, it's disappointing. 51 minutes in and we finally get to Aaron threatening yeah. listeners. Okay. Hey, I, there's no threat there. It's nah, just, I mean, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's no threat, just disappointment. I'm just kidding. General, you're not dumb. Just... You're probably very busy. You obviously have great taste in podcasts. Just take a second. We need it. Consider it your good deed, your karmic oh thing for the week. And if you didn't like that, don't write a review about that. <laughs> just just ignore that. Just ignore when Aaron starts really digging into you and or starts. Because I want nothing more than a Twitter war. <laughs> hey, if you have an idea about a theme, mm. we want to hear it. We've mm-hmm. done a number of different episodes with listener suggested themes. All of them just knocking it right out of the park. Mm-hmm. Our last one was about outstanding offspring. Our listener Tim suggested that. Was that was great. Wonderful. Wonderful. So send us your idea. You'll yes. find our email on our website. Sure will. You can also find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, our website. And this is oh so boy, exciting. Got a new one. We've already been in Plain Talk Books. Mm-hmm. Guess where we have a shelf now? I'm going to guess it's Beaverdale Books. You would be right. <laughs> we have a shelf there. You can find our recommendations. You can support independent bookstores. You sure can. By buying those books. That's supposing that you're in Des Moines, Iowa. But hey, even if you're not, come travel to Des Moines, yes. Iowa. Say hi to us. Come on. Yeah. It'd be great. So Beaverdale Books, mm-hmm. check us out there. If you're not here, then support your local independent bookstore and you buy bet. our recommendations. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... 
this isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.